Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. We are talking about the issues of loneliness, isolation, and how to overcome them with true friendship and community. For more information on these and other issues, check out Jack's website at jackeason.org. Now here's Jack. My guest today is Will Wright. He was the CEO and co-founder of a digital health coaching company uh, that offered coaching and membership benefits to help people deal with their health and uh, stumbled across this whole idea of loneliness long before it came across uh, my path. Um, prior to founding that, he worked as a consultant with a big company. We may talk about that today. He received his Bachelor of Science in Biology from Harvard University and his uh, MBA in a Master of Public Health from the University of California at Berkeley. Uh, he has received many awards, leadership awards. And I think where I got connected with you, Will, was, um, I believe it was on the, a TED Talk that I came across where you talked about the fact that loneliness really is is uh, killing us. I believe that's how I came across your stuff. Uh, the book yeah. that I'm working on that comes out uh, later this year. What was your connection with the whole loneliness Epidemic. Well, twofold. So one, I started a company dealing with chronic disease uh, management, which, you know, chronic diseases are like diabetes and heart disease and obesity and trying to help them deal with the cost crisis of healthcare in this country. Mm, yeah. Uh, and underneath a lot of the cost crisis is sort of a chronic disease issue, right? So a lot, a lot more fat people, a lot more diabetes, a lot more depression, and when you've got all those things going together, you know, you end up in the hospital a lot more, you use a lot more drugs. That's not good for anyone. Mm. So I started a company that was helping deal with that, doing health coaching, basically. Okay. Like not drugs, but like helping you be a bit more active, be a bit more motivated, a bit more uh, 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 sort of willing to eat healthy, that kind of thing. And it works. But the challenge that I saw underneath all of that was like these folks are really stigmatized and they're also a lot of um, they're just not they feel very lonely. They feel very isolated, even though there's, you know, tens of millions of folks out there who have these problems. They don't people don't talk about it. Mm. That was that was one thing. And then and then to be honest, the same issue hit me. You know, I uh, I was working real hard, you know, flying around the country you know, trying to be type A and, you know, just muscle through it. And um, at least for a lot of these like high high flight uh, careers you know there's not a very good language to be able to open up and share with other folks that like yeah i'm struggling you know mm. with uh, the work schedule but also you know my personal life was was going in the crapper um and so you know i saw that and then i started to get back pain and you know put on some weight all that stuff so a lot of it was like hey you know the, the environment that we live in not only from a population standpoint, but also personally, it's not really geared for social connection. Mm. And uh, so anyway, you know, through all that process, started to really understand like, okay, why, what is this? Why do I feel so bad? What, why do I feel so alone? And not, and I think in my TED talk, I clarified like not alone. Like some people, sometimes you go for a walk alone in the woods. That's fantastic. But I just feel really isolated, i.e. lonely. Right. Um, and started to dig in on that. So that that that's a long-winded answer on the on the connection. No, that's 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 good. I I, I can I can see that that was uh, I'm trying to remember that was Pack Health. Was that the health coaching company? Yeah, that that's 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 great. Um, yeah, did you did you get a lot of when when you started talking about this? Because this was um, 
I'm trying to remember. This has been a couple years ago uh, or yep. more since since that TED talk. Did people think at that point, what's he talking about this whole issue of loneliness? Or was it because I'm trying to remember back that far? I mean, I'm hard for me to remember last week, but two two plus years yeah. ago, were people even thinking yeah. about loneliness? Was that a big deal or no? Or was this something new? Yeah, I think it's uh, been a growing problem. I think the uh, you know, there's been some folks that have come out and said, you know, like really been studying it for a, like, like from a population standpoint for decades, like I need taking measurements of it and really kind of getting a sense. And this, this gets way back to the whole bowling alone, mm. you know, book and that movement. So it's been, it's been in the zeitgeist for a fair bit. I think it's still really topical and it's actually getting worse. Yeah. Uh, largely because look, I mean, we, we've been talking about it, but the reality is, we haven't come up with a new way of solving, like a better way of solving for it. That's really keeping pace with our, mm. our society. And, you know, like going and joining a bowling league is like the answer, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> today. And that's just like, you know, I, what if you don't like bowling or something or like, you know, um, those issues are still really present. And so I think that uh, a couple of years ago when I was talking about it, it was important. And largely I think I got traction as adding to the, the conversation not because I was regurgitating what other folks already have said, but more that I, I described a bit of a way to solve it, mm. which was not like, hey, you got to turn off your social media and join a bowling league, but more like embracing the fact that there's a digital solution uh, mm. to it. Yeah. Um, which I still, I still firmly believe is the case. Um, you know, we just got to get better at, at using our digital tools to uh to connect with folks when we're not feeling very good right what what do you what do you think is the in with your research and experience yeah i mean are there some common things that you saw in your research so one is uh the belief that you know well one i think people are getting too much in their heads Mm -hmm. um particularly i mean i hate to say this and i know that the digital stuff is true but particularly around social media Mm -hmm. you know it's a uh it's a the phone in general like is a real isolating factor it's an incredibly powerful tool but it's also something that can really make one narcissistic and mm-hmm. also like inwardly focused too much um and i really do think like we've got to figure out a new like a a new way of using our our phones um that is healthier so I think that's one one factor. I think the the other factor is like just the fragmentation of society, right? Like, if you live in big cities in particular, um, you you know people are incredibly transient, right? And so you know we're we're struggling with this idea of like how do you become friends with someone and then that person probably is going to go away, mm. like move to a different city, right? And how do we make like dedicated and invested, you know, how do we invest in our relationships over the course of decades, even though those relationships might sort of result in people moving geographically. So mm. I think that's another piece. I also think we, particularly from a male perspective, um, uh, don't have a very good societal way to, to like healthily connect, you know, mm, yeah, yep. relationships that are healthy. Like a lot of relationships are like, yo bro, like, you know, let's just drink and eat, eat chicken wings and then feel like crap afterwards. Or like go hit on women, <laughs> you know, I'm oversimplifying. Right. But like, there's no, we don't place, we don't, for whatever reason, make it a priority to spend time with each other. 
Mm. Um, we we are losing the ability to recognize people as human beings. Like they're not perfect. Mm. They, you know, we kind of expect perfection from everyone, from our political leaders, from our business leaders, from our businesses, um, and and therefore we're so willing to cut one up, cut each other off. Yeah. So anyway, I think those are a, a number of factors that are leading to it um, that are real challenges because, you know, the, the truth is, is that like we we do live like amongst people, but we are we haven't figured out a way to like feel connected yeah. to the vast majority of people. Uh, you, you live in South Carolina, like if you travel a lot, you know, the Atlanta airport is the perfect example. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, <laughs> you might walk by a million people like transferring from gate to gate. You could walk by like a wonderful set of people, but like it's just massively anonymous. You know, you're just like a it's like a cattle call happening all the time. You know, and you just, I feel like someone could die in a bathroom, and like you know, just no one would pay attention because they got to get to their flight. Well, you're right. I mean, you're uh, one of your one of your comments that kind of caught uh, my attention when I was surfing around on the internet was loneliness is killing us, and yep. another another article that I read. Uh, previous a few months before that said the same thing uh, that was written by a Japanese guy and in yep. uh, Japan and other countries around the world, they say it's coming to the States. We'll, we'll see, but they have companies that are going around to do exactly what you just said. And they're finding people who are dead that yep. have been, been dead for months and months and months. And nobody's noticed because, because of this whole loneliness thing um, they had so disconnected themselves. I mean, you're right. You can see it, uh, you know, even in the local coffee shop where there's a lot of people that gather for quote unquote community, but they're yeah. all sitting there by themselves with their laptops. <laughs> you know, outside of church, church attendance is way down. Mm, um, there yeah. are very few other like communities that people invest in. And I almost want to say to folks, that's like, we got to almost say as part of your healthy existence, like eating healthy, exercising, you got to find community Yeah, that whether it's a church or whether it's like a gym or, you know, a, uh, a, a group of like, of like-minded spiritual folks, I don't care. It's just like, that needs to be, I think an emphasis for folks. And it, it's gotta be beyond your job right? Yeah. because this whole, like I get my meaning from my job and I like, I'm a partner at NBC and I love accounting. It's like, I don't necessarily think that that's true. Why, why um, do you think that, that people and and I, I don't I don't know your background wh- where you are as far as uh, religion politics any of that I didn't didn't research that uh, on purpose maybe but because because I think as you said it affects everybody but why do you think people seem to avoid maybe even uh, are repelled from a community whether it's church community or any kind of community where they might have to be authentic. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm the gen X generation. Everybody said, wasn't going to amount to anything. We'll just give them the, the letter X. Then of course, millennials now gen Z. <laughs> I don't see it changing any. I mean, it's still, to oh. me, it's still just like it was when, when I was around my generation, they just maybe didn't call it loneliness, but people still rebelled against, uh, or didn't want to invest in maybe is a better way to say it community. What, what do you, in yeah. your research and just life experience, is there something that we're missing? Why people are avoiding community? You know, that's a good question. Um, it's a really good question. I, I, I get the sense that it's a bit of a trend that's been accelerating uh, over time, right? You know, I think there's a tension in uh, in our uh, in our culture, and I kind of look back. I mean, if you think back on it, right? Like we're we've been sort of 
is that it, it's easier, i.e. more convenient for us to cut people off than it is to kind of work through differences. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And and so we've, you know, think about, think back, like even baby boomers, right? Like they were the inventors of this, of suburbia. Well, the greatest generation, like really invented suburbia, which is in many ways driven by white flight. And, you know, you want to get out of cities and tenement houses. Well, it's like, yeah, that's uncomfortable because you mm. have to like talk through the challenges that you have with your neighbors. So let's go to the manicured lawn and like get outside of the city. Okay. Then you, you continue that trend. And now we have gated communities. Okay. But you still have to interact with your neighbors and go to the store. Well, now it's like more convenient. Well, today, for instance, like I don't even have to interact with people. Like I can just order a bag of tacos to my <laughs> door, right. you know, and and I can even cut off like opinions that I don't like and sort of and curate those. And and you kind of continue down those paths. And it's it's always it's it's, you know, right now I'm I sort of I'm an, an entrepreneur and like the convenience thing and the ability that we have to serve up what people want in the now mm. is a very powerful force. And we're very good at doing that versus like the long-term investment in community is a by and large, a really good thing in the long term. Right. But it's something that, you know, it's inconvenient. Oftentimes. Yeah. It's, it's inconvenient to do, to have like meaningful debates about differences. It's inconvenient to like talk through truths and we're, we're sort of losing that capability and maybe not valuing it enough, you know, it's, it's, it's inconvenient to go talk to your you know, like 90 year old grand to check in on your 90 year old grandmother. Right. Yeah. It's so, so uh, maybe I, that's, maybe that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I think you're right. I, I've got a, 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 a Gen Z uh, friend of mine who is not yeah. plugged into community faith community or any community for that matter. I mean, no, no community. And he, he will yeah. admittedly say, you know, I'm lonely and I wish I had friends and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. um, and he'll just, his answer when I say, well, man, you, why don't you, why don't you try something different is it's kind of like, well, I, I've been there, done that. I tried that. It didn't work. And I'm like, have you used that same principle when it comes to eating? You know, you go to a restaurant and they yeah. mess your order up and you just go, I'm never going to eat again. No, you, you don't do that. You find another restaurant and you keep, you keep trying. And, yeah. uh, it's that still didn't connect, unfortunately. So I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to just figure out for him. I understand. I, I know enough background to know that he's tried different kinds of community and he's been burned really bad. And so now he's saying, I, I don't want to be vulnerable again. Um, so I, I get that, but then I'm thinking, okay, but you're still lonely. So, you know, it's just like yeah. dating or marriage or anything like that. You just keep trying and keep trying and until you decide you're not going to try anymore. And how's, how's that working for you? Um, yeah. I, I know initially for you and you, you feel free, <clears throat> excuse me to correct me if I'm wrong, but for, for you, all this, did all this start? Cause I knew you were at a successful um, yeah. business in, and I am remembering New York city. Yeah. Is that where this whole idea started? Were, were you feeling disconnected or what? How did you yeah. stumble? Okay. Is that how you, so that's how you kind of stumbled on this whole issue that people are seem to be talking about everywhere now. Yeah. So, I mean, I was feeling it, I was feeling out of sorts. Um, yeah. The, the isolation of the way we do business these days uh, is quite thick. You know, it's, mm. it's, um, you know, I was in some some anonymous hotel. The story that I told in my TED talk was, you know, I was literally in some anonymous hotel in like Cleveland, Ohio, you know, um, like sidling up to the bar to have like another two drinks. <laughs> right. Like I like I needed to be drinking by myself. And 
you know, got a text message from a friend who I hadn't talked to in a long time. And it's like that kind of, but he, the difference is when he was willing to say, Hey man, you know, like stop. Mm. Right. Um, and go outside and go for a run or whatever. And like, I'm going to check in on you. You know, I think speaking of like, I was vulnerable in the sense that like, yeah, I was kind of honest that, um, that I was feeling bad. And he took that vulnerability and was empathetic with it. And, and I think ran with it and that kind of cut through. And I, it sounds similar to your Gen Z friend. Mm. I say this a lot to folks, which is like, you know, I try to, I mean, I've got a friend who just went through a divorce and she's now thinking like, how do I get back into the dating scene? And she's on the apps and the, you know, that just looks like a cattle call. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to say the same things to her, which is like, Hey, baby steps. uh, But also like get involved in community because it's funny. I mean, we almost need to get back to the basics, but these, the, the idea that like the path to success is becoming a partner in XYZ fancy firm at, at the cost of, you know, your connection to your community and your neighbors, you know, we need to place a value on that actually. Yeah. Um, and I would get back to it. It's like the dating thing is almost the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, going to the bar and like trying to meet someone there is difficult, but I think getting involved in, a, in an activity that you enjoy and meeting someone there who's also doing the same activity that you enjoy is a great way to meet someone great. And it's yeah. like, that hasn't yeah. really changed. That's right. And we've forgotten that it's, it's like, you know, so to your point about the Gen Z person, it's like, yeah, you got to go out. And if you like, in my case, you know, working out, like go meet someone who also likes working out. Like that's a good starter for, uh, you know, to meet someone. And it's not a gym where you've got your ear pods in and, and you're like not listening, but it's uh, maybe a class or something like that. Right. So, yeah, you know, that that's I, I think you're right. I mean, even even culturally, whether it's business world or or, or whatever. I was telling somebody at lunch this today, I, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we have a mission in the Dominican Republic. I'm down there usually, usually 10 to 12 weeks out of the year, parts of weeks, not, oh, necessarily, wow. not necessarily whole weeks. But one of the things that I notice about the, the third, third world and other cultures outside of North America is we, we were laughing because I was telling them I was supposed to meet one of my Dominican friends, uh, you know, for lunch, like at noon. Well, noon, yeah. noon rolls around, 1230, 1 o'clock, you know, one yeah. one fifteen. Yeah. he kind of wanders in. And for them, it's we were joking about DRT, Dominican Republic time. And he's like, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, I saw somebody I knew. And for them, the thing that drives them is relationships and community. And yeah. it seems like in North America, what drives us a lot of time is the clock or our money or whatever. And I'm just like, How, where did we get away from that? Because a lot of foreign nations that I travel to, they do have more community and maybe it's because again, their focus is, is on relationships and, and that's where they're, uh, that's kind of where they're looking instead of other places. But um, yeah. I, I'm with you. There should be uh, a, a value uh, to that. I don't know how, I don't know how we get there other than just rec- recognizing, I guess that there's a problem I guess is the first, first step for somebody yeah. who's kind of struggling with this whole issue. What, what, what did you learn from your process of kind of getting out of the funk that you could pass on to help somebody else? Well, I, I honestly think uh, we need a redefinition of what it means to be successful, right? Like, I think, so let me expand on that. Like, like the American, a, a lot of what drives Americans is this idea of success, right? Mm. Which for many folks we define as like being a millionaire or something like that, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. I almost wish we had a way of defining success that was beyond wealth um in the sense that like one when we talk about wealth 
and what that what that means for folks almost needs to be like yeah we need to almost say yeah i've got wonderful relationships mm. i feel connected um i uh you know i have purpose in life i uh you know i am i'm getting i'm getting sleep like i don't have to take medications right that's right but also i have you know financial resiliency to pay for the the, the life that i not that so much that i want um or expect but that you know is 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 good for mm. me not, and yeah. I do feel like that we need to have we need to almost redefine success um, to reflect that and be able to say, you know, hey, look, like, yeah, if you've got a billion dollars, but, you know, your kids won't talk to you, you're an alcoholic, you're, um, you know, you've uh, you also like you have to earn a million dollars a year or else you can't afford your lifestyle. Mm. You know, we almost need to, like, start to ask, like, is that really success? Yeah, that's right. Um, if I earned $50,000 a year, let's just say like not a ton of money, but I had wonderful community and I had purpose in life and, you know, a full belly full of like, yeah, organic, like beans and kale and whatever. And like a wonderful, whatever, like I, I would feel, I, I feel like we need to celebrate that as success as much as we do, you know, um, uh, you know, someone making a million dollars, like starting a company. Yeah. Right? No, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I got one final question for you. I just, I, yeah. just, just curious. Do you, do you think again, just, just you given your experience and background and all that is, is there, is there an element of, of faith that comes in there somehow faith? that moves you toward, toward community? What is, what is that missing thing that would drive people or is that a part of community or. So um, I do think, I don't know if you've, if you've read like Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R. Okay. A, yeah. The Christian thinker. Yeah. Um, I do think there is a kind of two phases of life concept that goes on here. I.e. like for a lot of folks, you know, it's sort of like Jesus wandering in the desert, you know, being tested, mm. you, you mm -hmm. reassert your faith. And I do think that, you know, in more mature societies and maybe the Dominican Republic is more mature in many ways you know, they're more likely to get there sooner. Uh, yeah. Whereas here we have this like massive immaturity problem where we're sort of obsessed over, you know, like, you know, sex and money and um, youth and all this stuff. And it's like that you have, we have to, I do think there's a faith component where for a lot of folks you get challenged. Those, those things are not durable and they, they get challenged at some point and then they move past it. Um, I wish that we had more of that. Uh, and maybe, and I do think a faith component is part of that because honestly, like when you start to confront your own mortality and you start to confront like the bigger meanings of why are we here? Um, and what's the purpose of life? Mm. You know, I think you do, you do turn towards, you know, higher callings. Right. Um, and, and maybe we're not doing that enough largely because like we're so addicted to like Netflix and tacos <laughs> from, you know, delivery and feels, you know, and, and your Gen Z thing. And I see this a lot where I see like, 35, 40 year olds who are still kids, mm. you know, in the way they behave. I mean, I don't know your political, your politics, but I feel as if like our, po our politicians in yep. many ways are behaving like little children. Yeah. Um, no, like I, I have a five-year-old daughter and it's like, I watch her behave and I watch some people talking on CNN. I'm like, Oh my God, you guys are using the same <laughs> argumentation, you know? 
like, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I try not to watch politics because it's like watching elementary student government runoff. Exactly. Uh, it's exactly. like, wow, these guys are older and they're actually leading the whole entire country, not just the local elementary school. So, exactly. hey, man. Well, thanks for taking some time today, Will. What a, what a uh, incredible insight that you've got. And uh, if you're interested in connecting with him, you can go to jackeason.org and find out. Uh, click on the latest podcast and blog, and you can find out how to connect with Will. Grateful for his support. And keep it tuned here. If you're looking for more podcasts, please share this podcast and give us a big rating and spread the word. And we'll continue to share with you how you can uh, find out more about dealing with this issue of loneliness and building community. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. Be sure to check out the website for blogs, videos, and more help on the issues of loneliness, friendship, and community. To get updates on the release of Jack's new book from Ravel Publishing, sign up for an email alert at jackeason.org.